ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, April 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by joining us on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzers made pure. Coming up today on the program, Marshall soccer coach Chris Grassi. We're going to talk to him. Big matchup coming up this weekend. Taking on Charlotte. Marshall right now is number nine, Charlotte number 13. If that's not big enough, the winner of this one. This is sort of a de facto Conference USA championship game. The two of these teams meet. I mean, when they when they get together on Sunday, when they meet, it's going to be all the marbles on the line. You want to be the Conference USA champion, you got to win this one. So no pressure here. We're going to talk to Coach Grassy coming up here in the next few minutes. We'll get your phone calls in, as I mentioned. We've got a lot to get into today. Uh, A lot of it's going to be focused around what we're doing with soccer. as That's coming up. Busy weekend, as I've told you this week. Baseball is coming up tomorrow at WVU. We're going to get into that a lot more tomorrow. But Friday's pretty busy because we've got softball taking on FAU, and that's coming up at 1 o'clock on Friday. Baseball, their series with FIU, 3 o'clock. And then Saturday, there are so many things happening. On Saturday, you have the fountain ceremony, the ceremony to turn the fountain on, and you also have some activities at Jones C. Edward Stadium. Oh, by the way, there's a spring game coming up Saturday, 3 p.m. I've seen a lot of you on social media posting your tickets. You're excited. You haven't had a chance to really be a part of something like this in a while. So for those of you who have tickets and will be in attendance, I'm sure you're going to have a good time. Look forward to seeing you there. And Saturday's going to be pretty busy as well because baseball taking on FIU at 12 and 3 o'clock. And then softball taking on FAU at 1 and 3 o'clock. So if you're sort of torn, if you're one of those herd fans that you have interest in all of these things, you're going to be pretty torn because you've got baseball if you're interested in that. You also have softball if you are a supporter of Coach Megan Smith Lions team or If you are a supporter of the football team, you have three choices to make. Do I do football? Do I do softball? Do I do baseball? That's that's the difficulty of scheduling, though, sometimes. All of these things cross, and if the spring game wasn't happening, you'd still probably be torn. Like, okay, what do I want to do more if I want to go out and support one of these teams? Do I hit baseball? Do I hit softball? And, of course, eventually, if you can get an on-campus baseball park, which yet to be built, And the pandemic has not helped that whatsoever. So I drove past that yesterday and actually drove past it again today and just saw it it looks looks like a wasteland just about. The weeds are growing up a little bit. And, you know, I was hoping to see some construction there. You were as well. And it's just the sign. Heard baseball. It points out to the design of it. You're kind of hoping, yeah, I hope to see that one day. And, here we are, and we haven't even seen the, the groundbreaking yet for that. So you know, that's disappointing. But if you at least had that on campus, you, if you had all this stuff closer together, you could probably hit all of it. Yeah, You could do maybe baseball or softball and then head over to football. Or you could do football and not go to these, but you'd at least have a kind of a, 
an ear. You, you could go at halftime and support one. You, you've got so many options here. And so that's kind of part of the reason why you're trying to get all this stuff on campus. So you have all this stuff on campus. And that's not the sole reason. But still, if you were trying to hit all three, how would you do this? Would you, would you hit baseball at noon and then would you leave baseball, head over to softball, catch a little bit of that, and then head over to Jones C. Edwards Stadium to watch the spring game. How would that break out for you? I would think a lot of people are probably going to go check out softball at 1 and then make their way over to Jones C. Edwards Stadium to see the green-white game, the spring game, whatever we're going to call this. And so you've got a couple of options here. But I know you're all excited for that. That's coming up. Uh, women's tennis taking on Syracuse. That's coming up on Sunday. And, of course, as I mentioned, big soccer matchup between Charlotte and Marshall. Number nine versus number 13. The new coaches polls out. So all of that's coming up. Uh, we got some things to get into with you as well as Marshall not only, not only has a lot of action taking place this week, already a couple of things happening on the Olympic side of things. We're going to talk about that later Marshall Men's Soccer, uh, Nathan DeSantos, named Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week for the second time this season. So that comes out today. He was uh, previously honored on March 16th. So we'll talk about that with Coach a little bit later on the program. Uh, we've got the results, Marshall Golf. We'll talk about what they did in the Mountaineer Invitational. That wrapped up today for them at the Pete Dye Golf Course. And uh, some good news today for Marshall Volleyball redshirt senior outside hitter, Sierra DeBell. We'll talk about why good news came her way today. So all of that's coming up. As I mentioned, your phone call is coming up later on. But when we continue, we're going to talk soccer. Chris Grassi, head coach of the Marshall men's soccer team. He joins us when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. want to welcome on those White Claw phone lines the head coach of the Marshall soccer team, Chris Grassy. Big one coming up. I guess they're all big ones, but coming up this weekend, it'll be Marshall facing off against Charlotte. The new coaches poll comes out. Marshall ranked ninth. Charlotte coming in at number 13. And, Coach, this is pretty much the this is the Conference USA Championship. It might not say it on the field, but it's the Conference USA Championship. It certainly is. Uh, yeah, so the two best teams in the conference were both undefeated. So whoever uh, whoever wins will, will take the trophy. You've had some – I think some really outstanding performances, but some hard-fought performances as well. Recently, UAB, that was one that would qualify for being hard-fought. You know, what are your thoughts on the team's performance at this point? Uh, you know, I'm really happy. I think, you know, as a coach, it's, if you can get the win and then still have some things to work on, it's kind of heaven, you know, because you can uh, you can definitely get the points and momentum uh, from, from the win, but also have, you know, uh, legitimate things to talk about to improve and, and you know, we just follow the process and, and continue to improve on the things that, you know, we need to. But I'm I'm very happy with the guys. We've worked incredibly hard. Our defense is, has been incredible. We, we're probably creating more chances than we did last year. And we're defending a little bit better as a team. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. And, you know, 1-0's become a little bit 
a little bit of our uh, mo this season. But I said if we, you know, if we win six one nil six more times, we win the national championship. So and a conference USA championship. So I'll take it. If you would expand on that a little bit, defense has been really something that has shined for you. And you had a couple of key losses. You know, um, you look at this defense and you think, okay, can they be as good as they were last time out? And you've exceeded everything. So, you know, what is it about this defensive unit, these guys that are really going out there and making that sort of their hallmark, their signature? Yeah, so, you know, we lost um, Carlos, we lost Alal, um, we lost Paolo, who all went to the professional ranks. And, and then, um, you know, we replaced them. Obviously, Nate Dos Santos came in uh, in the spring. So he got he got to play with us in part of the spring before COVID. But then we've moved Colin back. You know, Colin's been a terrific defender for us, usually playing in a full-back role, but he's got more central. And uh, we've got Jan, and then we added uh, Gabriel into that. So, and and Ollie uh, Semley, the goalkeeper, has been they've just been absolutely terrific. Now I do want to say that in front of them, the guys are working very hard. You know, Max Schneider's working very hard. Pedro, um, we're pressing from the front with our wingers. Um, you know, Jamil, Zhao, Milov have all been sort of putting the work in up front. But we just, you know, we we worked we worked on it. We try to simplify things a little bit for them. With them, a lot of them being new, sort of the first time they've played together as a unit. Um, and they, they learned really quickly. They adapted to it. They are all very quick guys. So we, you know, we tend to play quite high and we're pretty comfortable with a lot of space in behind us. And then Ollie plays, as the goalkeeper plays <clears throat> so far off his line, you know, that he cuts the distances in between. Um, and we just, we can, we can win a lot of those races. In behind and we, we dictate where the space is going to be and, and they've adapted really well to it and, you know they all you know buzz off each other and they and they get you know real enjoyment from defending well with each other so uh, it's, it's been really good but definitely aided by the, the, the pressure from the front guys as well so it's been uh, it's been a good mixture you mentioned Nathan DeSantos uh, he was just named Conference USA defensive player of the week second time for him he comes in with experience. He comes in from Duquesne, and he, he's brought a lot to the squad. But can you quantify that? What does that experience mean for you and your team, and what skills does he bring to the team? Well, I think if, if anybody's sort of watched us play, we, we very much value possession of the ball. You know, we want to build out. So Nate was actually a central midfielder for Duquesne. Um, but but we, it was somebody we actually recruited Um before he went to Duquesne, uh, he was just a very tenacious, aggressive type of player. And so we knew he could make the transition to, to centre-back. And he played a little bit at centre-back for Duquesne um, over the years. And so we knew he could make the transition. And then Colin Marciunas was also a, a, a central midfielder in youth soccer before he joined Marshall. And actually his first first couple of years, he was a sort of a redshirt uh, central midfielder for us and we kind of moved him to fullback which he excelled in and then we moved him to centre-back and he's actually gone from strength to strength and so I think their ability to handle the ball and then Ollie is the goalkeeper he's like an extra field player for us because he can step up into the middle and then we can push uh, you know Colin a little bit wider to the right and he's right-footed so everything's on the outside which is safe and then Nate is left-footed he's on the left side so again that's all sort of safe so it gives us sort of three at the back instead of two and, and sort of that ability to build on the ball it helps us defensively because we're dictating a lot more where the ball is um, and we don't lose it as much having sort of an extra guy at the back. 
not that we lost it a lot uh, in previous years, but you know we're, we're sort of even more comfortable on the ball now than we were, which which gives us a lot of confidence to kind of step up and be aggressive. Um, and the guys have just done done a great job. But but those two particularly, like bringing Nate in, I mean he's definitely deserves play of the week. He's probably the defender of the conference. I would say it's a close. Con- contest, but only between him and Colin for the the best defender in the conference right now. Um, and then obviously our two fullbacks, Gabby and uh, Yana, have done a terrific job as well. And, and you know they definitely deserve the mentions as well. Marshall men's soccer coach Chris Grassy joins us on the program. And you look at how the conference season has gone for you. All your matchups have been decided by a goal or a tie. And I think that says more about the toughness of this league. You know, how much better has this league gotten? You know, it, it feels like you, know, you go out there, you've earned, you've earned your ranking, you've earned those wins, and, and there's not an easy team really in this league to go out and beat. Yeah, I think I, mean, I definitely think the league is, is has a lot of quality and will only get better. Um, you know, it's Coastal Carolina coming to the league and then we're going to add one more, which will be quite exciting when that happens. Um, you know, the, the league will just get better and better. And I think a lot of it, honestly, has to do with sort of COVID, with the sort of the COVID year as well. I think it's, you know, guys are, we're just finally now, even though we're right at the end of the season, we're just finally now starting to get into our groove. It's starting to feel, you know, like a real season. And I think you'll start to see maybe a little bit more freedom. But I think with, you know, the circumstances of playing and it being such a good league. I think it's it's been extra tight this year with um, just with, even when you go away on a, on a road trip, you know, you're not eating together. You're not sort of, it's not relaxing. You're still reminded every day. And I think it's the pressure that it, it kind of puts on the guys and the, um, you know, the intensity of games with that being really the only outlet and um, without, you know, much of the social side of, of part of being a team. I think that's had a toll as well. And that's why I think the games are a lot tighter uh, also this year. Is there a challenge? You beat UAB, and, and your guys can read. They can see the standings. They know you You have a, a matchup with Charlotte that's going to be for all the marbles. It's the Conference USA Championship game. And in a sense, what do you anticipate going into this? Do you feel like there's going to be a little tension going into this, or are they going to have just the opportunity just to go out and play free you know, Walk me through that. What can we expect? What are you expecting from that matchup? Well, having, I mean, the fact that it's two top 25 teams in the country and, and um, you know, it is going to be really quality soccer. I think it is going to be really tight. However, what I've said to the guys is we just, we have to do us. We have to play martial soccer. We have to play the guys. And I've told them, they, every single one of them, and the way we play, every single one of them was recruited to beat Charlotte. We, we design our play. We play sort of the, uh, our philosophy is uh, the antithesis of their philosophy for football, for soccer. And we try and keep the ball. They try and like kick it in between. They'll try and, you know, make the game physical. We'll try and keep possession and, and play nice football. And we sort of, I told them all, they were single-handedly selected and we are designed to beat Charlotte. And so that's the confidence they should be going into the game with. This is, it's the clash of styles. It's the clash of, of soccer philosophies. Um, you know, they've been traditionally the best team in our conference. I think they're over the last seven years, I'd definitely say they're in the top 10 in the country. And we knew in my mind, if we could overhaul Charlotte and we could overhaul Kentucky secondarily, but Charlotte had been the main target to, to get past them and to beat them regularly. That's what this team was designed to do. So that's, that's what we're going in with. 
uh, this Sunday with. That's the mentality. Every single player on our team is better than every single player on their team. And we're going we're gonna to keep the ball. We're going to dictate the game. We're going to have some fun. We're going to express ourselves and we're going we're gonna to win the game. Do you um, you anticipate Charlotte being true to itself, or you know, are you are you prepared for if they take what you're doing and try to to vary it, try to match you in a different way? I mean, what can we expect from Charlotte? Uh, they're they're not a team that's uh, easy to beat, so I'm pretty sure they've got some uh, tricks up their sleeves as well. They do, yeah, and I think you know it. It will. I'm, I'm feel very confident, but I feel like it will be a very difficult game, and you know we've scouted. I'd say. Almost every single team we've scouted this year have done something different when they faced us. Um, there's probably only one team that hasn't hasn't done anything different than the scout. Teams come out and they're a little bit more defensive. They don't commit numbers for, uh, forward as quickly, um, and so we've had to adapt to that. You know, I think last year we kind of snuck up on a lot of people. People weren't expecting us to be as good as we were, and so we we're able to take a lot of teams by surprise. There was a lot more space to to attack into. Um, and so I wonder, I'm very curious to see if Charlotte come out and play the same way they've done for the last uh, eight games of the season or the last sort of three years, four years that we've been playing against each other. They've, they've had a very similar philosophy. So I'm interested to see whether they stick with that or whether they change um, to be a little bit more defensive and, and to cover a little bit more. I, I can't see them changing, just, just given how successful they've been and you know their identity, but I wouldn't be surprised if they... You know, sat a little bit deeper and, and try to make it a little bit more difficult for us and sort of give up possession in the front half of the field. Chris Grassi joins us, Marshall's men's soccer coach. I guess it helps then you've got this one at home, and that's got to be exciting in itself. But really, you've got everything playing in your favor if it goes your way. You're going to have, an, I'm sure, an excited home crowd. You're going to have familiarity, your, your locker room, your pitch. They're sleeping in their beds. I mean, this is the perfect storm, just about. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. We just need to figure out what, uh, what's going to go wrong early, and then we can we can we can prepare for that. But uh, yeah, I think you know we've just increased the crowd capacity, so we're up to the fifty percent uh, state minimum or state uh, mandated, sorry, crowd. So that'll be exciting. So we'll be able to play in front of a bigger crowd than we've been for much of the season. I think the guys are like that. It's going to be senior day. Uh, we have some awards to give out, which will kind of create a nice atmosphere before the game. Uh, yeah, everything's everything's sort of lining up to, you know, to be a real good, feel good day. Now we just have to work as hard as they work. We have to work a little bit harder, and then we have to perform on the day. Um, we talk about two things are needed: intensity and quality. So if we can if we can provide those two things, I think it, it will be our day. Now I can look ahead. You probably not as much. The players definitely, but. Both teams in this matchup are probably going to the NCAA tournament no matter what happens. But what does this mean for you? If you win this again, you you win this year, the conference championship, what does this mean for you as a coach and for the program? I mean, this establishes us. I mean, this makes sure we're not just a a sort of flash in the pan. I think, uh, you know, going to the tournament two years in a row, winning a conference championship two years in a row is... Is, is can you do it again? It's kind of the ultimate test. And then, you know, from there now, can we can we act more like a big uh, a big team? Can we um, defend year after year? And once you start getting a name, it becomes easier. You know, you kind of get the nod, you get the nod from the selection committee. It means so much for taking us from sort of a, a flash in the pan one one year team to a consistent consistently performing team that's always thought of as one of the best teams in the country. Um, so if we can 
if we can win on Sunday, we will solidify that. And then we'll be able to take the next step into sort of competing yearly with the Marylands, the Stamfords, the Wake Forest, the Virginias. You know, that's the kind of the, the teams that we want to be com- competing against regularly. And that's the teams that, we, you know, we'll have to overhaul if we're going to win a national championship. Chris Grassi joins us, Marshall's men's soccer coach. Big matchup. I, I think big is probably not, uh, underselling it between Marshall and Charlotte coming up on Sunday. This uh, game, no matter what happens, uh, probably uh, will not be the end of what happens for Marshall's soccer. But with the pandemic, you're at this point now, you win this conference championship, you go on to the NCAA tournament. How has that helped you in the recruiting process? Because you're in the same boat, same predicament as every other team and every other coach, but this seems like it's going to help you out a lot more. You're going to have a leg up, and to your point, establishing Marshall. Now, what what benefits have that already paid off for you, or what do you foresee? You know, it, it's it's interesting because because COVID is is kind of thrown a wrench in in all sorts of recruiting plans. Um, the one benefit is we get you know the seniors back, so so obviously Jamil will go on to the MLS with with Kansas City, and um, Pedro will will return to play. So that's that's a huge recruit right there. You know, we couldn't go out and find a guy like Pedro who, who just gives, who we know would give us everything that he gives us on and off the pitch in terms of uh, leadership and, and support to the guys. And um, so, so getting him, I mean, that's the biggest recruit right there is being able to keep our, keep our senior. Uh, and then, you know, recruiting's been tough. I, I won't lie. It's very, very difficult. We're in a different sort of stratosphere in terms of players that we're looking for, you know, and it, it's, it's sometimes difficult to compete financially for, for those guys, but we've done—I think we think we've done a very good job with our with our budget and with our um, recruiting class this year coming in. And we've basically gone for guys that we've been able to see live. So we've gone for a couple of guys to come in because we only needed a small class. Um, you know, we've gone for a couple of guys that we've seen live that we've been able to come from from coaches that we know that we've been able to see the program. So maybe we didn't see them in the last year, but we've seen them. You know, couple uh, eighteen months ago. Two years ago, we've been able to have notes on them. And so we kind of trust the guys that we've seen live because there's a lot to do on video right now. There's a lot that you're, you're looking at. So I'm, I'm happy with our recruiting class. It's, it's shaped up very, very nicely. And then obviously the biggest recruit in the world is getting to keep our captain, Pedro, for, for one more season. What's it say about your program? That the transfer portal is big in basketball right now and the ability to you know, leave if you don't like the situation or you want to take a different opportunity What's it say for your program that you know, this core group of players, they want to stay, they want to get it done, they, they're not enjoying just short-term success, they, they want to see it through? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we definitely, we definitely feel like it, it feels like a family, it feels like a, um, a very sort of cohesive unit, and we enjoy being around each other. I think that's something that, every member of this team now gets to be a part of it. And, and really, I mean, we, we deal with the transfer portal as well, but generally for us, it's guys who aren't going to play, who can't break into that starting group, who feel like they're going to have a better chance elsewhere. Is kind of the guys that we lose, which is fine, because that keeps our standards very high. Um, but of our core guys, yeah, we haven't, we haven't lost anybody yet. And it's been terrific, you know. It's been uh, everybody who we want to keep, and who stays, who's been playing for us, has, has come back to stay. And I think they all have all to a man bought into the the sort of legacy of Marshall soccer, what they want to achieve as a group, that national champ. We talk about the national championship and it's not something that, um, you know, it's not like a, it's something that's a distraction. It's, 
we have there's such a quality of players that, that they need to be laser focused and they need to have that ultimate challenge of, of continuing to the next thing and the next thing. And obviously, you know, the conference championship and, and Sunday is where their minds are, but I'd say over the, the, the time period, this this group together has a goal. They they can't see themselves leaving to go elsewhere to, to achieve that goal. They want to achieve it with their brothers, they want to achieve it on the pitch with, with Marshall in the green and white stripes and that's what um that's what motivates them and that's you know kind of what that again like spins the flywheel and, and helps us sort of continue that to feed into that energy and and it's just been uh, it's a terrific environment to come to work to uh, every day Marshall men's soccer coach Chris Grassy joins us on the program coach uh, thanks again I appreciate your time uh, it's going to be fun on Sunday it's going to be a huge match and I hope uh, every herd fan that you can possibly fit into the stadium will be there to see this, and of course, uh, it'll be live streamed as well for those who can't. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about a conference championship next week with you. Yeah, that'll be fantastic, Paul. Thank you, Chris Gassy. Appreciate him being on the program. The Thundering Herd, Charlotte. It's Conference USA Championship. It's the de facto championship game. The only thing you're not going to have is uh, the the lettering on the pitch. You're not going to have logos, anything indicating it's a championship game, none of those trappings. It's just going to be the two best teams in Conference USA going at it. The winner is going to be your Conference USA champion. We will continue with your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone line's brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw, Hurt Seltzer's made pure. Marshall Volleyball redshirt senior outside hitter Sierra DeBell, named to the American Volleyball Coaches Association All-South Region Team again. That means she's one of the best out there. So congratulations to uh, Sierra DeBell, also one of my favorite follows on Twitter. She is uh, definitely uh, one of the more uh, fun athletes. If you are following Marshall student-athletes on Twitter, she's probably one of the best. Also, as we mentioned earlier, Marshall men's soccer junior defender Nathan DeSantos, named Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week, second time this season for him. He also won it on March 16th. And some uh, unfortunate news. Uh, well, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but Marshall, the golf team, coming in 10th place in the Mountaineer Invitational today at the Pete Dye Golf Course. If you look at the numbers, uh, Matt Hoffman, uh, he's tied for 34th. Will Straub tied for 36th along with Cameron Root. And at 55 tied Christian Boyd. And Noah Mullins also in the tied position at 55. And then Tyler Jones tied at 59th. I think Hoffman, probably your your biggest improver. He dropped his score by two to finish with a 1 over 73 on the day. He climbed up 13 more spots on the leaderboard to be the top finisher for the herd. And again, you tied 34th. That's pretty good. And then you got Wedge. You get redshirt senior Will Straub. He jumped up eight spots after improving his score by four strokes in the third round. And then Noah Mullins improved by one stroke. Sophomore Tyler Jones dropped his score by five shots. So if you look at what the herd did, 
A total of 14 birdies in the final round, 32 of the whole event. West Virginia, well, it's their home tournament, and befitting for them, they captured it. They had an amazing team score, 7 under, 281. And that put them ahead of Southern Miss by 12 strokes. So West Virginia winning their own tournament. Marshall coming in 10th. But I think there's some room for improvement there and uh, some positives here. I think you can take away for it. Uh, Matt Hoffman definitely uh, is one to watch out for. And he got better. And if you look at the numbers across the board, Hoffman, 83, 75, 73. Uh, Straub, 78, 79, 75. Uh, Root was 80, 75, 77. Boyd was 87, 73, 76. Uh, Noah Mowens, um, 81, 78, 77. And then Tyler Jones, 74, 84, 79. So there's some room to improve there, but the top guys definitely, Man Hoffman getting better, Will Straub as well. So not a total, total loss here in the, uh, in the win-loss column. 10th place, Thundering Herd, unfortunately, um, can't get out of the uh, 10 spot. We'd like to see them maybe we get top five finish. It would have been nice. Back in action. Wright State Invitational, 18th and 19th to finish the regular season. And then got to go to Texarkana, Arkansas, April 26th, 29th for the Conference USA Championship. And that's where it really matters for Marshall. Not that these tournaments don't matter, but that's where you put everything on the line there in the Conference USA Tournament trying to win a championship, and those are things you like. You like winning the conference championships, but uh, Marshall Goff, 10th, and the Mountaineer uh, Invitational. We will get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment. If you missed any part of the earlier part of the show, yeah, if you missed any part of the earlier part, go back and get it. Podcast is available for you. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts so you can get that part of the part you missed. It made sense before I said it. I truly, truly am sorry. It did make sense. Welcome back, Paul Swan, your host. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, there was an interesting story. I posted it on Twitter. I'm kind of curious to get your reaction to it. Uh, this is um, going to be interesting. I think you might not like the implications or you might applaud this. And that's kind of why I want to get your feedback. But Buffalo Bills and Sabres fans will now have to show proof that they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 if they want to attend games. And this is according to Erie County Executive, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, and I do apologize, Mark Pollencars. This was announced today. This is what Mr. Pollencars said. He said, our goal is to have a 100% full house for the Bills and the Sabres starting in the fall. And he said this during a daily briefing today. And that's good. You want to bring fans back. You want to get them back, right? If you are vaccinated, you are going to be able to get to go back and, and watch either the Sabres or the Bills, right? That's that's sort of the, the goal here, to get back to some sort of normal. And he said that our plan is that unless you are vaccinated, you will not have entry to the stadium. It is easy. It is safe, he said. 
Now, if you are a ticket holder, you enter Highmark Stadium for NFL games or Key Bank Center for NHL games. You're going to be asked to show digital proof that you are fully vaccinated using New York State Excelsior Pass cell phone app. And Erie County owns both venues, so Erie County, of course, is going to have a little bit more say to what's going on here. I'm not familiar with the Excelsior Pass cell phone app. It sounds like a digital record, though, that I can pull up and say, look, here it is. I've got my vaccination record. So you're going to have to show that. And that's going to open up an entire different discussion here. Of course, I don't anticipate something like that happening here in West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio. I don't anticipate that. For one, I don't think we're going to be able to show proof digitally. Yeah, I've got my card. You've got your card, right? If you're vaccinated, you're told to hang on to it. So you've got your card. If you don't have your card, you, know, you can either go get a, a reprint of it, get a new one, or if you're not vaccinated, you don't have a card. So there's already going to be some lines here. And, of course, vaccination is an individual's choice. And let me get that out of the way right now before we continue on here. This is not... Uh, a, me telling you that you're right or wrong. This is me telling you that there's going to be division here. And if you are vaccinated, you're good to go if you're going to Sabres games or if you're going to Buffalo Bills games, uh, the way this is set up. If you are not vaccinated, you're not good to go. And if you're waiting to get vaccinated, you're probably like, hurry up. I want to go see the Sabres or hurry up. I want to go see the Bills. Or if you're not into being vaccinated, Again, this is all everyone's personal choice. You know, that's the line I will I will walk you to. Here it is, your choice. But sports venues and municipalities and leagues might start making decisions based on what those entities feel are best. This is what was added to this um, this briefing today, and this is again the Erie County Executive Mark Pollenkarth. He said that. There will be no religious or other exemptions. But, quote, there's no God-given right to attend a football game. This is what Pollenkar said. No given right, no God-given right to attend a football game. So he's basically saying, look, you don't have a right to be here. We want you to be here. We want you to come in. But if you, you come in, these are the rules. So is he right? Is he on base as far as saying, look, we make the rules. This is... This is how we're playing. If you want to see Sabres games, you want to see Bills games, you know the only way you're getting in this season is if you're vaccinated. And we're not denying you, we're not restricting you based on anything else other than what they're pretty much framing as a health issue. Look, look we want you to come in. I mean, is it any different than, okay, you got to wear a mask to come in. Now the requirement is you've got to be vaccinated and show proof. and. Buffalo already has done this. Buffalo, the Sabres, announced last month, fans, you could come. Fans are welcome. You can come attend games in April, but you got to provide proof of vaccination or a recent negative COVID-19 test. And this doesn't impact what's going on with the Sabres the rest of the season. This is going to be moving forward, the, the next season, when we get to football season, and then when we get to the next round of hockey you know, the next season, because right now you're not going to change midstream. But you know, do you see this here in the short term as 
a policy that more, and it's probably going to vary by state and geography and league. Is this going to be a policy you're going to see more? Could you imagine, we'll use Marshall as the example just for our purposes, but can you imagine that, okay, you can attend Marshall games here in the near future, but you have to show proof of vaccination. Yeah, there will be a lot of people that say, great, I'm good. I'm okay with that. I like that rule. And then you're going to have another group that's going to say, look, no, no. Why, why are you restricting me? And the argument is going to be, of course, depending on the individual, the entity that is making the, the rules, what their goal is. And, and Erie, Buffalo fans, are going to have to show that they've been vaccinated. Now, can can leagues do this and expect most of the fans to be on board with this? Now, you're going to always alienate someone. Always will alienate someone. If sports leagues said, look, no, we're just going to open this thing up. Come on in. Come on in. Vaccinated or not, come on in. You're going to have some that say, well, wait a minute here. That's not going to be healthy. And you're going to have others that will say, look, you know, as, as it should be, if you, you, you're you afraid, stay home. Wear your mask. Stay home. I, I'm not going to, you're not going to restrict my life. And, of course, then you reverse this and you have people who will be on board with the 100%. Hey, you know, if you're vaccinated, great. We all can hang out together. I want to follow this story only because I want to see how far this proliferates. I want to see if... Other teams, other municipalities, other leagues pick this up and go with it and say, okay, we're going to let fans in, but this is how you get in. And will there be challenges? Because again, this is again, Erie County Executive Mark Pollencars. He said in his update, there is no God-given right to attend a football game. So he's saying, look, we're only letting people in who aren't sick. Okay. Letting people in who have the vaccine. Yeah. Are you also going to, and here's probably where a lot of people will be concerned. Are you going to push that forward? Okay, you got to have a flu shot too. You can come, but you got to have your COVID shot and you got to have a flu shot. Is that where this is going for a lot of people? And I'm sure... It's probably been discussed like, okay, where do we go after this? Do we require people to have show proof of vaccination? Do we show proof of, okay, I got my shot. Uh, that means I can, I can get my ticket. And do you have, is that going, is that going to be connected to my digital ticket now? How, how does that work? Again, some states are going to be, Looking at this, others are going to be like, no, we're not doing that here. With this app, it makes it easy, apparently, to be able to show at least some verification. Like, hey, here we go. Yeah, I'm, uh, I have my proof. I, you know, I, can, I can be entered. And I know that's going to be something that we're going to see. Yeah, maybe this is just going to be an isolated. This is going to be Buffalo only. This will be a Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres issue only. And if that's the case, then, you know, the other leagues will 
allow fans in as uh, they feel comfortable and with municipalities. And I'm sure uh, we're going to have another round of social distancing for at least the upcoming seasons. There might be more people allowed in to football, basketball venues, but there will still probably be social distancing involved, masks, everything that goes with it. I don't think this is going to be just a, a hard, fast reset after uh, a certain amount of the population is vaccinated. Here we are. Okay, we're good. Let's go. I don't see that happening here. I think this is going to be a gradual uh, transition back to what we think is a, a version of normal or normal might have been altered. I don't know. But I want your comments. I want your feedback. That's why I post that on Twitter. Hit me at Paul Swan. Give me your thoughts. Tell me why you're on board with this, what you have against this. And we'll talk about it tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.